everyone, and welcome to Passionately Interested, a podcast where we discuss the things we're passionately interested in. I'm your spooky host, Curtis. And I'm your nerdy host, Nick. So I, I just, right before we started, I, I, we were, we were fumbling a little bit to figure out what we wanted to start the episode on. And then I looked up at my decorations around my, my little office space in my, in my bedroom where I have my recording set up. And I saw something that I had gotten a few years ago and forgot about until recently. And I actually went and I like looked back at, at this, what this is from. So a couple of years ago, I think it was 2019, I went to Gen Con for the first time, which is a, a huge gaming convention in Indianapolis, Indiana. I went with my friend Tyler. We went and checked out the like Sunday of the event. Because you can go for the whole weekend, and there's, like, panels and stuff, and uh, you can play Dungeons & Dragons, uh, like do the tournament style, and there's a whole bunch of board games and all that kind of stuff. Like, because, you know, it's a it's a tabletop gaming convention, not like a video game gaming convention, I guess I should specify. But one of the things that you can do is just pay for Sunday, which is when the vendor's hall is open. They don't really have any panels or anything going on that day, and it's cheaper, so you can pay a cheaper price and then go and check out the vendor's hall on Sunday when they're trying to get rid of stuff so that maybe they'll have it on cheaper or like discounted. That's the word discounted. I don't know why I struggled (laughs) with that, but there was one vendor. I didn't buy anything from them at the time. I was wanting to look around and I couldn't at that time. I still kind of can't, but I couldn't at that time justify buying one of these. But I have, I got a coaster from them that has all of their social medias and their website. The company is called Fezorama, and they are a company that makes fezes. I would hope so with that name. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> but what I want you to do, Nick, while we're talking about this, because I want you to, to see and follow along. Their website is fez-o-rama, R-A-M-A, dot com. Mm-hmm. And I want you to pull up, at the very least, their homepage, so you kind of get an understanding of what kinds of fezes they sell. Those are some cool-looking fezes. I know. <laughs> They're very nerdy. They actually have one called the Accursed Hedron Fez, which is just a D20, it's a red D20 with a flame above it, almost like uh, Baphomet. And then it's got four dragon wings. And it's really cool. But they have a cu- uh, like three different kinds of fezes. They've got tall fezes, short fezes, and then this really interesting one that's kind of like pointed at the front, which I believe is called a chapeau. Mm-hmm. And they're so cool. And I cannot believe I forgot about these people. They're just like, oh. Some of the ones that they make are very Lovecraftian. They have one called the Devil's Reef Kraken Fez, and it has a Lovecraftian star on the front and a bunch of really cool gold swirls coming out. But they've also got accessories. At the top, if you click on pins and accessories, you can actually see they have these pins and like these little beads that go over the, the tassel. That uh, hangs on the fez. <laughs> yeah. They've got the, I think the skull ones are probably my favorite. The bron- Not the bronze skull ones, the regular skull. But they do, in fact, have a deep one tassel bead. It's called, or tassel cap is what they call it. So they have a deep one tassel cap. And for anybody who doesn't know, deep ones are a fish person race in the, the HP Lovecraft universe. It was actually, I think they were introduced either in, I don't, I don't think that there are any deep ones in Dagon, but I know that there are deep ones in Shadow over Innsmouth. Uh, I also want to say they were one of his first things to really appear in his works. I think you're right. I I want to say, because I have a collection of his works in chronological order and there's one that takes place in Mammoth Caves from when he was really young. Mm-hmm. But I think the one right after that is actually involves a deep involves deep ones, I think. Okay. Either way, they're like these big fish-like people. It, it is legitimately, if you were to take fish and humans and meld them together, leaning closer to the fish side than the human side. 
So they have like big fish eyes and huge, huge lips with a wide mouth. So you could get that. I mean, there's a tentacle one, but that's a little bit too apropos. But I want one of these fezes so bad. I still (laughs) don't have a reason to own one. It's not like I suddenly got a, well, this would be a good time to wear a fez. No, that hasn't happened for me yet. It doesn't change. We're lappers. You can find a reason. That is, that is the entire, that is the entire excuse that I have mentally given myself. They have an interocitor fez, which the interocitor is from a very obscure, old sci-fi movie, which I find amusing. Is it a tall one? Yeah. If you go to the tall ones, it's the second one, the interocitor fez. Oh, yeah. I really like the mystic eye golden tall fez <laughs> it's it is a a very it's like the, the fez itself is solid black it's got a a very light gold tassel and then a what can only be described as like an illuminati style golden eye with three spear-like shapes coming off the top of it oh if you if you have the time fez f-e-z-o-r-a-m-a.com check them out for real. Like, even if you have a passing interest of, oh, that sounds neat, do it. They're, they all float between, don't you laugh at me. <laughs> I'm so excited. I have no reason to want a Fez, but I want one in my, my very core. <laughs> there are a lot of really cool ones with Tiki's. Like, there is the Haku Fez and the Hari Tiki Deluxe Fez. Holy shit, if we could get, oh my gosh. Okay, I just, it just hit me. We're doing a fucking podcast right now. Mm-hmm. What do you think the chances are that we could get sponsored by Fezorama <laughs> and get a Fez? That'd I, be hilarious. I would. I would do if we could get Fezes from Fezorama. I don't. I doubt we could get this to them in any way. And like you know, anybody who listens, I. I. But 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 if we could both. Get a Fez from Fezorama. I would figure out a way for us to do a video in them. Because <laughs> that would be so good. I want the Pirate King Fez, goddammit, for obvious reasons. Oh, they're really good ones. Go, go, go and look for yourself. I'm sure if I were to describe each one out loud, that would be really bad radio. Like, <laughs> it's already... <laughs> It's already a visual medium that we're trying to to convey, but it's their their coaster says that they were established in 2005, and they've got a Twitter, an Instagram, and a Facebook. Uh, Twitter and Instagram are both Fezmonger, F E Z M O N G E R, for Twitter and Instagram. So like you could also just pop on there and see what they have pictures wise. But all their fezes float between fifty dollars to it looks like maybe there's a couple that are like seventy. Sixty five and fifty seem to be very common prices depending on the size and intricacy of the fez. But all I know is I want one and I want to get a. Uh, like a wooden hat mannequin head to put on a shelf in my studio area. And I have almost never wanted anything more as a decoration in my studio than I do this Fez. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. I need to get off of this website before it's all I'm doing the rest of the episode. So we're talking about cryptids again. (laughs) If you couldn't tell from the Fez's. Uh, you know, re- related, right? Yeah. <laughs> totally. Obviously. I mean, well, technically, technically, and hear me out, Gravity Falls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We. It, it's like how many ways, uh, uh, like, uh, uh, like, what, there's a game that some people play, like Waste Kevin Bacon or something like that. Yeah, Six where Degrees you, of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, it's like that, but with cryptids. We just gotta, if we go through Gravity Falls, though, that's too easy. Well, yeah, because it's got a bunch of cryptids. You got Grunkle Stan with his Fez. Yeah. Same, bing, bang, boom, problem solved. Yeah, Fez, Uncle uh, Grunkle Stan, cryptids, Mothman, <laughs> boom, done. <laughs> Mothman is one, though, that I want to do, because I want to do my three favorites. I don't know which ones Nick did. I 
was speaking out loud when I was bringing up the wikis. So he knows which ones I'm doing, but we all get to be surprised with the, the cryptids that he's chosen to talk about. But I want to specifically talk about Mothman, Flatwoods Monster, and the Fresno Nightcrawlers. I'm sorry, it was a silence waiting for me to to f- fill in what I was going to talk Not about. Not necessarily. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little bit of like a tiny space for you to say something and then also me processing <laughs> and preparing myself to speak. And then I think we both just got kind of stuck in a loop of waiting for the other one to say something. <laughs> I'm leaving some of that in. It's going... <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a short pause, but it's still for <laughs> you won't hear it in editing, but that was a good 30 to 45 seconds of us sitting in absolute silence. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm just going to start talking about Mothman. We'll get, we'll figure it out. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> We've done 20 episodes and this is still how we are. God, I mean, it's just how it. we are. I know it is. I think, I think this will be episode 23 or 4 total. That's a lot. That's a lot. That means that we've, we are going to have a day's worth of content. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. Anybody who wants to catch up has to listen for 24 hours. Might as well start them on this one. No, don't start them on this one. Do not start them on this one. Start them on, like, the history one or something. One of, one of the most recent five, but maybe, maybe don't start them on this one. No, start them on the pilot. Yeah, start them on the pilot. <laughs> Which, actually, before I get into Mothman, I do want to, to mention, the pilot might not be up for much longer. So if you haven't listened to that one, or if you want to start someone on the pilot, have them do that soon. Because probably, I don't know, maybe in like a month or so, I am going to switch the pilot episode to a bonus. And we'll use that like at a later point when that becomes a relevant thing. But it's just so out of our whole kind of spiel now, I guess. There's better words for that and I can't think of it right now. It's not structured or anything. Like, it's just us talking. And Mm -hmm. it's like, we... (laughs) It's cool, but I think it would be cooler to kind of tuck that back in the pocket and bring it out as something that later on people could re-experience once we've been going for a little bit longer in some, whether that's through subscriptions or whatever the fuck we end up doing, which we haven't really totally thought out yet, but it's fine. But if you want to listen to that again or anything like that, it's only going to be available for a limited time, so... Get on that shit. I'm going to talk about Mothman now, though. <laughs> so, Mothman. 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 <laughs> There's no way to feel down. Uh, so, Mothman is a humanoid creature, vaguely shaped like a moth. There hasn't really ever been any sightings that have, like, fully been like, yes, this is... It was. It had moth wings. It's more typically described as a large, like human-shaped object with huge wings. But it's always got two bright, glowing red eyes. That is always kind of the trademark feature of Mothman. Mothman originated in 1966 in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. And was seen pretty frequently from November 15th, 1966 to December 15th, 1967. And the first report was published in the Point Pleasant Register, which it says is dated November 16th, 1966, titled, Couples See Man-Sized Bird Creature Something. (laughs) That's a good t- that's a good headline actually. I was about to make fun of it. It's actually a really good headline. That's going to get people reading your newspaper. Well, yeah, because how else will you figure out what that something is? Exactly. Yeah. Like there <laughs> I was about to poke fun and there wasn't anything to poke fun of. Good that's good journalism. So, history of that sighting and a little bit to to kind of like more more the history of Mothman. 
On November 15, 1966, two couples from Point Pleasant, Roger and Linda Scarberry, and Steve and Mary Malay, Mallet? We'll go with Malay. Told police they saw a large gray creature whose eyes glowed red when the car's headlights picked it up. They described it as a large flying man with 10-foot wings following their car while they were driving in an area outside of town known as the TNT area, the site of a former World War II munitions plant. During the next few days, other people reported similar sightings. Two volunteer firemen who saw it and said it was a large bird with red eyes. So, again, always got the red glowing eyes. And the, it just kind of like... Mothman was just kind of around in Point Pleasant and really just torturing the people in a way. Like, because, you know, everybody was seeing him, it. And uh, <laughs> it was just like causing a, a huge ruckus, a kerfuffle, if you will, for about a at least a few months. And then I think it died down a little bit and but uh, continued throughout that year. And the final sighting of Mothman was the December 15th, 1967 collapse of the Silver Bridge, which resulted in the deaths of 46 people. And reportedly, Mothman was seen around that bridge for a couple of days prior to the the collapse of the bridge. So a lot of people have started to consider Mothman almost like an omen of disaster. And apparently there were also, I didn't know, I did not know about this. There are people who claim that Mothman sightings in Moscow happened prior to the 1999 Russian apartment bombings. Yeah, no, I'd never heard of that one. I'd only ever heard of Mothman stories in the US. I know. Wow. That's cool. I didn't think we were going to like learn new stuff with Mothman while talking about it on the podcast but that's really that's really cool so there are there during or from 1966 to 1967 there were about a hundred people reporting to see mothman around and in point pleasant leading up to the bridge collapse and there is now a annual mothman festival that started 20 years 20 years ago in 2002 let that sink in 2002 was 20 years ago no the 1990s were 10 years ago (laughs) the average attendance for the mothman festival is 10 to 12 thousand people listen mothman is popular okay (laughs) <laughs> Mothman is very popular. I think Mothman is one of the more well-known cryptids in the United States. Yeah. But also, in, in Point Pleasant now, there is a 12-foot-tall metallic statue of Mothman. They gave him abs. <laughs> the, Moth, the Mothman statue was cut. And for the internet being the internet, people leave cans of beans at the... Baked beans, specifically... At the Mothman statue. That's just the thing people have started doing is leaving him a can of baked beans. And I don't know the origin. Well, what what else would you leave Mothman? It's true. Guys gotta like baked beans. And for anyone who is interested, the Mothman Festival this year is September 17th and 18th. Ooh. So you've got time to plan. Gotta head to that West Virginia. Yeah, Point Pleasant, West Virginia is where the Mothman Festival is. I want to know what goes on there. Well, they have uh, cosplay. They have live bands. They have vendors. They have guest speakers. uh, They have the Mothman Museum, and they have TNT bus tours. The last one sounds suspicious. (laughs) It's like, you know, the TNT area that you were talking about. Right. Where the first signs happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes 100% sense. But the fact that it is called the TNT bus tours, <laughs> it's, it's like, hmm, if I see a coyote driving this bus, I'm out. But you could be able to experience the eerie World War II ammo bunkers. Ooh, that does actually sound really cool. I actually really want to go. <laughs> That's super cool. So there are some people who think that it was an alien. 
obviously. There's well, yeah. always somebody who's like, cryptid, no, alien. But there are other people think that the sightings are because of barn owls, and the glowing eyes were actually the red-eye effect caused from the reflection of light from flashlights or other bright sources. I mean, I guess, but, like, Listen. also, no. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't logic cryptids. You can't logic cryptids. I know. Everyone tries to, though. Well, yeah, but if you do that, then it's very obvious that they're not re- I mean... No. Oh, no. Um, uh... <laughs> no, shut up. I'm actually... <laughs> as much as I joke, I am still, de- like, legitimately afraid of cryptids. <laughs> Every time I go I mean, out in the woods, all I can think of, like... But, I mean, like, what if, though? <laughs> I mean, if you're really afraid, you just, you know, wait till it's night outside. Go out in the... Your backyard and whistle. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. If there is one rule that I have for myself, it is if the Native Americans say don't do it, you don't do it. <laughs> we can joke about, oh, yeah, ha ha, Bigfoot, blah, blah, blah. I'm not fucking with what the Native Americans say not to do. Skinwalkers, fuck you. No, hey, listen, thank you. I'm just, I'm just saying, I got to get my dog's attention at night. Yeah, I know. But oh, the last thing you want to do is see a deer out in your yard and then that deer stands up. Yeah, just because we got deer around here, too, that, you know, run along our fence line. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've seen there, there are some really funny, honestly, like skinwalker TikToks that I have seen. Cryptid TikTok is just fascinating. Cryptid TikTok is really fascinating. It's how you can learn all the weird things about different cryptids you've never heard of before. Yeah, I, I mean, TikTok, for all the shit that people give TikTok, and I understand, I've seen some of the stuff of why we should, like, people give TikTok shit. It's actually a really good social media platform for learning about, like, even just in the U.S., there's some stuff that I've learned about cities and different parts of the country that I just had no idea. Like, it, it's a really easy way for people to kind of connect with each other because of the fact that it is short-form entertainment and all video-based. Mm-hmm. And you can just kind of scroll. Like, it's it's like with YouTube, you have to go and find the video and, like, click on all the stuff. On TikTok, you can just scroll down and you hit stuff that you're like, oh, I didn't – I had no idea about that. That's really cool. But that's my small TikTok rant. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you do one and then I'll do another. Okay. The Argo Pelter. Oh, okay. I have not heard of this uh, one before. Yeah. The Argo Pelter is said to inhabit hollow trees, specifically conifer trees, from Maine to Oregon. So all along wow. the northern border. Wow. It doesn't like anything coming near it or its territory. And if you come close enough to it, it'll hurl wood splinters and branches at you. Well, that's fucking rude as shit. What the hell? So it's supposedly about the size of a chimpanzee. Oh my gosh. But it has muscular whip-like arms. Oh no. Yeah. What was this called? Argo Pelter. I want to look up. Oh no. <laughs> oh no, that's not good. It's like so, a, it's, and supposedly it feeds on woodpeckers, barred owls, uh northern flickers, which is another woodpecker species. And rotten wood. Okay. Okay. It's children are always born on February 29th. So Mm. only on leap years. Mm -hmm. And always Mm -hmm. arrive in odd numbers. Mm. Yes. (laughs) That makes perfect sense. I'm I'm sure. I'm sure. There. Okay. So there are two different pictures of the Argo Pelter that I have found. They're both very similar. One of them's far more upsetting than the other because it's got these super long, thin, like, rope-like arms, and the rest of it looks like a baboon, and mm-hmm. it's coming out of the top of a tree. Yep. The other one just looks like a hairy dude in a tree wielding a log, and he's about to brain a, a lumberjack. I mean, it would make sense that they go after lumberjacks a lot since they tend to invade their territory. Yeah, I mean, is it- is that actually where the stories come from, is Lumberjacks? Probably. Like, I don't see anything listed for sightings. I'm going to send you a picture real quick. Okay. Of another drawing of an Argo Pelter. Oh, just, no. Just go ahead and look at that. Oh, 
no. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. All right. So it's like a baboon. It's a very fluffy, fuzzy baboon. That's not bad. What's bad is the fact that its arms are made up of just hands. So it's like a wrist and a hand holding a wrist and a hand holding a wrist and a hand. And it just kind of goes on until it stops. (laughs) Yeah, I thought you'd like that one. Yeah, (laughs) I do. But it's also one of the worst things I've seen today. So there is apparently... Only one reported survivor of an Argo Pelter attack. Oh, gosh. And that is from a gentleman named Big Ol' Kittleson. <laughs> That's and a name. He says the only reason he survived is because the branch it threw at him was rotten and exploded on his head. Wow. Okay, so they throw these things like rockets. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> so, uh, let me posit you this. I I was recently watching the first Pirates of the Caribbean, and I would like to ask you the same question that Jack asks the guy in the cell next to him. If there's no survivors, where do the stories come from? (laughs) Well, that's why it's the only known survivor. (laughs) But yeah, uh, looking further in the reading, it, it, it is confirmed that the... Well, okay, so it's from a different writing, and it's where they call it the Acropelter. Okay. But it's confirmed that the Acropelter is not completely evil and not necessarily hostile to humanity and only attacks lumberjacks that try to trap down the trees it calls home. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah? I mean, I could could see an angry forest spirit. Nope. Okay, so scratch that. Arcopelter is actually a different thing. Oh, you know that picture I sent you of the baboon-looking thing that had a hand holding a hand holding a hand holding a hand? Yeah. That's the that's the acropelter. Oh. Oh. Ah. Bah. Not evil. Not <laughs> evil, as they I'm, say. As I'm reading further, it's what's more disturbing is that the acropelter is mean-tempered and its arms are made from human hands. Bah. Okay. And the so- more hands from its human victims the creature has, the stronger its throwing accuracy becomes. Oh. It kills its victims by ripping their hands off and connecting them and connecting them with their arms, fusing the nerves, bones, and veins in the creature's arms, and stuffing their victims in the hollow tree trunks. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Awful. Okay. I hate it. So apparently, there's the Acropelter and the Argopelter, very similar. Uh, one way more disturbing, in my opinion. Yeah, I'll take the one that's just got whip-like arms. Right. He he gives good hugs. The because other one I... steals your hands. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. I, I like my hands, please. And attaches them to his own, fusing with them. And becoming stronger. Yeah. <laughs> with each set of hands, I become stronger. I am the acro belter. <laughs> I'll steal your hands. It's so weird. I think I think I found the episode title. <laughs> oh man. Sometimes I struggle for those absolute beauties, but I I always figure it out. Sometimes, sometimes it's in the episode itself, we just say something so perfect. Like the last one we did, I called Many Bigfoots, and I thought that that was pretty funny. I almost called it Many Big Feet. <laughs> Both are accurate. Both are accurate. I figured one would make more sense than the other one, but all I could think about was that scene in Lord of the Rings, the, the, <laughs> first, the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. <laughs> proud Foots. It's Proud Feet. <laughs> I love that guy. It's the only time you ever see him, but I'm like, okay, yes. <laughs> the plural of your last name, I guess, would be feet. So, yeah, that was, that was the Belter. That was two in one. I'm going to talk Neat. about Flatwoods Monster. Can I talk about Flatwoods Monster? Oh, yeah, I had that one, too. Yeah, okay, well, <laughs> I, I guess you. That, that's good because we both have it pulled up. Yep. I really want to talk about Flatwoods Monster. So, it's another West Virginia cryptid. From Braxton County in the town of Flatwoods, which I'm sure you're incredibly surprised by. 
I mean, I didn't know that's where it would be. Yeah, right. Well, because Americans are very, very creative about naming their cryptids. Breeze of Brer Road. Sometimes monster. Sometimes the names are fun. The beast. Other times they're super obvious. Yeah, (laughs) it's a monster (laughs) in Flatwoods. Flatwoods monster. I guess it's it's got other names. What? Braxton County monster, Braxy, and the Phantom of Flatwoods. I'll give you the first and third one. Braxy? I don't think so. I mean, listen, if it's Braxton County, I understand the Braxy thing. We also have a habit of giving cryptids cute, adorable nicknames when they're actually horrifying things that will rip you apart. Yeah, especially because on this wiki page, there is... So let me describe this thing. It looks almost exactly like you would expect a uh, 1950s, 1960s sci-fi alien to look. The top of it has like this acorn shaped shape, I guess. It looks like a dome. It looks like a dome with a point at the top, but the artist rendition made it kind of almost like a frill. And then it's got these long three fingered spindly arms and the rest of it looks like it's wearing like a robe, basically. Mm. Uh, It's got some like ribs in the center of it. And then it's got big red glowing eyes. It's a trend. But in the corner, the bottom right corner of this artist depiction is a size comparison to a human. This thing is apparently almost 10 feet tall. And I didn't know that about the Flatwoods monster. <laughs> and I really don't like that. And then they're going to take that and be like, oh, that's just Braxy. Oh, don't mind that thing. That thing's just Braxy. It's okay. So my favorite thing about the Flatwoods monster and Mothman is the fact mm. that if you actually sit down and look at them, look at their descriptions, you realize they are both most likely Owls that scared people saw. <laughs> Couldn't figure out what they were seeing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how they did this. It says that the the Flatwoods monster is an entity that was reported to have been sighted in the town of Flatwoods in Braxton County, West Virginia, United States on September 12th, 1952, which, okay, it looks very alien-like. It was during the 50s. Which is when people were really getting into, like, sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And especially with, like, sci-fi horror movies. I could see how that would be what they would see. Okay. okay. I'll give I'll give it that. Well, it also helps that, uh, if I remember correctly, it was all started off by people seeing a bright light flash across the sky. Correct. Yes. Which was... I'm going to lay money down. That was a meteor. Yes, actually, yes. It says over 50 years later, investigated. And again, I don't know how 50 years later they're figuring this shit out. Anyways, (laughs) investigators concluded that the light was a meteor and the creature was a barn owl perched in a tree with shadows making it appear to be a large humanoid. Yeah. So you got, you know, it's early 50s, height of all this wonderful sci-fi stuff just coming to light. Finally, Coming into its own, and of course, then bright light in the sky, brain goes, oh, aliens, oh god, aliens, starts panicking, then you see an owl in the darkness in a tree, and you go, there it is! Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, the 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 history. At 7.15 p.m. on September 12th, 1952, two brothers, Edward and Fred May, and their friend Tommy Heyer, said they saw a bright object cross the sky and land on the property of local farmer G. Bailey Fisher. The boys went to the home of Kathleen May where they told their story. May, accompanied by the three boys, local children Neil Nunley and Ron Shaver, and the West Virginia National Guardsman Eugene Lemon, went to the Fisher farm in an effort to locate whatever it was that the boys had said they saw. The group reached the top of the hill where Nunley said they saw a pulsing red light. Lemon said he aimed a flashlight in the direction and momentarily saw a tall, man-like figure with a round red face surrounded with a pointed, hood-like shape. So again, 
there were a bunch of people who got kind of spooked by this description, and they went and investigated on a farm after an object fell from the sky, and they pointed their flashlight at it and saw an alien-like shape. 1952. It makes a lot of sense for, like, the mentality that they would have had when that happened. Why they would have immediately assumed alien, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that makes total sense. So, reading more into it, I I love that uh, the creature was described as having small claw-like hands. Mm -hmm. Small claw-like hands, you know, like an owl's talons. Like an owl, yeah. And, and, you know, if, if nobody's ever seen pictures, owls have really long legs. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, there's also, according to the story, when the figure made a hissing sound and glided toward the group. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I see. I see that. <laughs> a lot of people don't know, but yes, owls hiss. Yeah. The group said they had smelled a pungent mist, and some later said they were nauseated. The local sheriff and deputy have had been investigating reports of a crashed aircraft in the area. So they'd been people had already been reporting a crashed aircraft in the area. So they were already kind of in their brains, I'm sure, thinking aliens. Mm-hmm. So it was just the right series of events. With people who were already afraid that they had aliens in their town in 1952. And then they were jumpy and everything fell into place. Yeah, like reading the stories now, you just kind of look at it and go, how, how did how did you not know? Yeah. Now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes it's more fun to think. I mean, that's that's very true. And also, I don't know how big Flatwoods west virginia is it does not look like it's a big a big town even now uh popular wow <laughs> would you like to take a guess at the population as of the 2020 census 63 yeah 264 that's okay better than what i was your reaction made me think think that it was like they're one stiff breeze away from being deserted I mean, no, but it is still a very small town. 200. Yeah. So, alien scare in a small town makes a lot of sense. They do have a scan of a the newspaper article from September 14th after the sighting. And it says, Braxton Co. residents faint, become ill after run-in with weird 10-foot monster. Do we? <laughs> it was actually an alien and they were saved by the doctor obviously yeah there's like there, there's not a whole lot more to the flatwoods monster i just really enjoy it because it's from a time period where the alien scare was a really big thing and it's they're like oh it's a monster and then they describe and draw it as a sci-fi alien it's just mm-hmm. like it's 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 perfect. It's a perfect American cryptid, especially for West Virginia, that has always had a huge amount of superstition. So, <laughs> I, I I had a few other cryptids picked out, but I'm going to go with this one because now we're going okay. on a trend. I'm going to okay. send you a picture, and I'm going to read you a description, and I want you to tell me if you can figure out what oh. the trend for these creatures okay. is. Large pointed ears, claw-like hands, eyes that glowed yellow, and spindly legs. <sighs> it's an owl. <laughs> <laughs> They're yeah. all owls. Uh, so, <laughs> this is the Kelly Hopkinsville Goblins, as it is called, or the Kelly Hopkinsville Encounter. Okay. Or Kelly Green Men Case. Like It's got a few names. Uh, it's because it takes place near the towns of Kelly and Hopkins and Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Okay. So <laughs> on the uh, evening of August 21st, 1955, so again, take the time right. frame into account here, five adults and seven children arrived at the Hopkinsville police station claiming that small alien creatures from a spaceship were attacking their farmhouse and that they had been holding them off with gunfire for nearly 4 hours. Oh my goodness. 
Two of the adults, Elmer Sutton and Billy Ray Tyler, claimed they'd been mm-hmm. shooting at 12 to 15. Oh, sorry. Billy Ray Taylor. Okay. Uh, claimed they'd been shooting at 12 to 15 short, dark figures who repeatedly popped up at the doorway or peered into the windows. Dude. <laughs> Concerned about a possible gun battle between local citizens. <laughs> <laughs> I would be too. We've been shooting at these things for four hours. Uh. Four city police, five state troopers, three deputy sheriffs, and four military police from the nearby U.S. Army Fort Campbell drove to the Sutton Farmhouse located near the town of Kelly. Wow. Their search yielded nothing apart from evidence of gunfire and holes in window and door screens made by firearms. Uh, yeah, they were blasting through their windows and doors. (laughs) But yeah, so... People who have done investigation on this topic have things to say, such as it is plausible, if not likely, that the aliens were great horned owls. And there is some evidence that the eyewitnesses may have been intoxicated during the Ah, attack. Ah, there it is. (laughs) There it is. Yeah. So a bunch of drunk people see horned owls. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> it's aliens. Well, you know, because they're a horned owl. They have the horn, the quote unquote horns, the protuberances from their head, mm-hmm. i.e. the the big pointy ears on the goblins, yeah. the glowing yellow eyes. Guess what owls have? Yeah. And long spindly legs, which again, as you mentioned, owls have longer legs than people realize. Yeah. Owls are like 50% leg. It's really weird. It is really weird. But, I mean, that's how they grappling hook rabbits off the ground. And also, given the height of these goblins that they were given, there are simply too many similarities between the creatures reported by the families and an aggressive pair of the local, local, great horned owls, which do stand about two-thirds of a meter tall. So it's like they're not, it's not even like it was something that's not normally in the area. (laughs) They're something native to the area. Oh my goodness gracious <laughs> sakes alive. I mean, you know, that sounds like a fun weekend. What are you going to do this weekend? I'm going to get drunk and have a gunfight with aliens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but again, like you said, it was in the 50s. So mm-hmm. it, it tracks. There, there, Everybody already has aliens on the brain. Yep. Ooh, hang on. Before we move on, something that I just ner- learned that okay. I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. This incident, the Kelly Hopkinsville Goblins... It is cited as the origin of the phrase Little Green Men. Oh, that's really cool. I never Neat. would have guessed that that was, no. that was where that came from. I figured <laughs> it was movies. Yeah, no, apparently it came from this incident. Huh. Well, shit, that's really cool. So this next one is, is an outlier. Of all the ones that we've talked about, this one is definitely an outlier because of the fact that... It's not an owl? Yes. It's not an owl. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't couldn't resist. (laughs) I know. It's, it's, I mean, you know, it's very, it's plausible. Uh, But this one, the first sighting was in 2010. Wow. Yeah. I, just because of the amount of people that know about them, I would have assumed that it was at least early 2000s at the, at the, the earliest. Or, I mean, the latest, I guess I would say. Hmm. But the Fresno Nightcrawlers. Oh, yep. I should have. I should. When you said the time, it should have popped in my head. Mm-hmm. Also known as the Fresno Alien is a cryptid that has made two appearances, one in Fresno, California, and the other in Yosemite National Park. In both sightings, it was only seen in video footage. However, a man in Poland has also claimed to have seen the creature. So it gets around. I mean, that's not too shocking when you're just a living pair of pants. Yeah, that is basically (laughs) what it looks like. So the Fresno Nightcrawler, it was was witnessed by a 60-year-old former Marine and his wife who were driving near Carmel in December 12th, 2014. I don't know why I started to say 19. When they came up over a hill and saw a seven-foot-tall, slender, gray creature, which is now known as the Carmel Area Creature. So, like, that's a similar one by description. So, in 2014, they saw 
there there is a creature that was sighted that looked very similar to the Nightcrawlers. The Nightcrawlers were spotted in Yosemite in footage, but they basically look like a walking pair of pants. Uh, they're very long legs. They have no torso or anything like that. The The top looks almost like a, a roundish head. And then there are two wing-like, almost, legs coming off of the bottom. And in the video footage, they're just kind of walking slowly. In the Yosemite footage, there's two of them. But I, I, I have a, a list of explanations. I want to do the description first, but the explanations are golden. So it says, Fresno Nightcrawlers appear to be relatively short creatures, approximately 1.5 meters, which I believe is about 5 feet tall, which, uh, with most of their height being made up of their legs as they possess an extremely small upper body. It is hard to find details in the upper body of the cryptid due to the poor footage, uh, poor quality of the footage. It is an extremely thin, white humanoid with no discernible arms. A larger specimen appears to have webbing connecting connected from each knee to the torso. The cryptid appears to have very short, thin, and stilt-like feet, which makes one of the explanations kind of make sense. <laughs> it is hard to judge the exact characteristics of the cryptids and the, and the footage due to poor quality. The caramel area creature is tall and gray with presumably no arms and long, muscular legs. That sucks. It is bipedal and walks in an odd manner with, with its backwards bending knees. It resembles the Fresno Nightcrawler. Because that is another thing that is noticeable in the footage is that the knee, the way that the legs walk, uh, it's almost like or they like bend backwards. Like they've mm -hmm. got backwards knees and then yeah. they kind of like reach out and walk like that. So almost puppet-like. Um, or if somebody was on stilts, maybe walking backwards. And then the footage, like, but you know. The explanations, though, for what these could be. The top one, I'll give you one guess. I mean, I'm assuming it'd be someone on stilts. That's actually the last one. The first oh, one is well, an alien or an extraterrestrial being, you non-believer. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about the, the skeptic list. <laughs> no, it's just all of the explanations for what it could be. And number one is an alien, of course, all of them. Aliens. Every single one of them. Alien. The, the nickname is the Fresno Alien, Nick. <laughs> uh, obviously, it's an alien. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The second, the second one is my favorite. It's a new species of primate with short arms. Okay. <laughs> so someone's like, oh, no, dude, that's just a new monkey. <laughs> <laughs> the next one I also hate and it makes zero sense a misidentified deer standing upright that would be severely misidentified Se severely the, the camera is broken and is not showing you half of the deer but also why are we just going to glance past the idea of it's just a deer walking on two legs that's still a problem <laughs> That's still not okay. Pants and or a puppet on a wire. That one would be fair. I could see that one. I'm surprised they didn't touch on one that I'd heard before. Okay. Well, there. Uh, the next one is a bird walking like a crane. No, it's not that. That doesn't look like that at all. And the last one is a person wearing big pants and walking on stilts. <laughs> Just wearing a huge pair of pants. At 1.5 meters tall. So the other one that I'd heard of is that mm -hmm. there is an old legend of creatures okay. with very long legs, uh -huh. no arms, no bodies, and a head that inhabit forests in California. Surprised it, they didn't talk about that one. Oh, uh, that is weird. If they have a similar thing, why would they not consider it to be the same? I don't know. Actually, origins. While there have been claims that they are a part of Native American folklore in the region, this has been debunked. You can't fucking debunk folklore, you dumbasses. <laughs> <laughs> We've debunked these old legends. Fuck you. <laughs> Jackasses. 
I'm mad now. Do another one. Well, no, I think what they mean by debunked is that no, these those legends never actually existed. Oh, that's fair. Just it, essentially a case of trying to drum up a story being like, yeah, there's these old mm. legends of these things that we just saw. Yeah. Okay. That that would be fair. I would accept that. Because the other option is shut the fuck up. <laughs> we debunked these old Native American legends. They're stupid and wrong. Fuck you. Do another one, Nick. Alright. Uh, let's talk about Goatman. Yes, let's talk about Goatman. Who I believe actually got a video game, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there is a hunting Goatman video game. Okay, so I'm not crazy. No, you are not crazy. I have watched Markiplier play that with his friends, and it is absolutely hilarious. See, I thought it was Markiplier, too. I just didn't want to sound like an idiot if I was wrong. Yeah, no, <laughs> it wasn't. No, he had trouble with his shotgun. He'd shoot the shotgun, and about a half a second later, the shotgun sound would occur. <laughs> yep, I remember that now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, okay, we're on the same page now. Okay. Continue. So, there are three primary origin stories behind Goatman. Okay. Number one, they described a creature that was half man, half animal, walking on two feet. Sound familiar? It should. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, another one is that it is, or was, a mad scientist who worked in the Beltsville Agricultural Research Center who was experimenting on goats. The experiment went wrong, and he started attacking cars with an axe. And he would attack anyone who would roam the backwoods of the Beltsville Agricultural Research Center. Huh. Okay. So just a deranged guy who'd been mutated? Yeah. Okay. And the third one is that it's just an old hermit who retreated into the woods and would be seen walking alone at night along Fletcherton Road. And when anyone would come around, he'd just run away. Those are the three origins for it? Yeah. Those all suck. <laughs> <laughs> One of them, yeah, it's very much sounds just like a skinwalker. But yeah, so, it does. Uh, the stories of Goatman origi- originated in the 1970s within Prince George's County, following disappearances and deaths of multiple dogs, which were later attributed to Goatman. Oh, okay. Now, if you're a skeptic, you may want to hear that. Given the condition of the remains, the deaths may more likely have been caused by passing trains. Uh, <laughs> uh okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just uh, yeah. So he's Goatman is very much described as uh, commonly described, I should say, human face with a body covered in hair. Mm-hmm. So that very much sounds like a fawn. Yeah, it does. Like, uh, from. Greek mythology fawn. Right, yeah. Yeah. Or like Fauno from Pan's Labyrinth. Mm. Or like Phil. <laughs> <laughs> it was just Danny DeVito again. God damn it, Danny DeVito. This is the second time you've made it into our episodes. What are you doing here? <laughs> so, a lot of stories about Goatman, as a lot of other cryptids and urban legends goes, is it tends to involve the killing of young couples in parked cars. Or, like we talked about, killing of family pets. Okay. Now, the disturbing thing about Goatman is there are also stories of Goatman breaking into people's homes and having its way with victims. Oh, oh, I did not know that about Goatman. According to those stories, doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. That's fucked up, Goatman. What the hell? Some claim it's a relative of the New New Orleans evil chupacabra (laughs) sorry chupacabra like cryptid the grunch which that's a fun name we're gonna have to look into that later Uh, (laughs) i'm the grunch nothing like goat man why is anywho i'm I'm jim carrey's evil cousin the grunch it it looks like a chupacabra why is that mixed with goat man i don't know i don't know (laughs) um there are some more origin stories actually for goat man uh, some say he was a man who kept goats and went mad after teenagers killed his flock and driven to seek revenge against any youngster, which would explain the whole targeting of teens. Yeah. All of them are just, it's a dude who went crazy. Well, not all of them. It's just a lot of them. <laughs> it's just most of them. 
some have this, you know, the, the origin. Ro- it's an alien. You none of them say alien. I will. I will none of that. them say alien. No. The real disturbing thing about Goatman uh, is that there are multiple Goatmen. Oh, that is bad, actually. There's the Waterford Sheepman from Waterford, Pennsylvania. That's not a goat. Hey, close <laughs> enough. <laughs> it's okay. Fair. Please continue. Uh, it lurked in farm fields, stalking unwitting animals in a desire to tear it apart and feed on its flesh and blood. Wow, we Hundreds of people witnessed this creature, and they also refer to it as Goatman. Good gosh. That's yeah. actually a lot of people to witness a cryptid. Uh, yeah, so apparently the Waterford Sheepman just preyed on animals, it looks like. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll take that over Goatman. Fuck well, you, Goatman. Get the hell out of here. We're keeping Sheepman. <laughs> okay, so the Maryland Goatman, that's the one that we've been talking about. According oh. to the legend, the Maryland Goatman is an axe-wielding half-man, half-animal. Okay. All right. Okay, we've moved away from it's just a deranged man, and now it's just... Uh, it's a fawn with a with a vengeance. Yeah, pretty much. Which also explains the other penchant it has for other activities. Yeah, I mean, mm. yeah. Didn't think of it that way, but okay. Uh, let's see. Then there's the Poplik monster, which is also part man, part goat, but also part sheep. It's reported to live beneath a Norfolk State Southern Railroad trestle over Floyd's, Floyd's Fork Creek. In Louisville, Kentucky. I wonder if that is the bridge that they went to in BuzzFeed Unsolved. Because that that is a, a TV show that you can mm. go and watch. And they did a, a Goatman episode. That would probably be it. That would probably be the Poplik monster. Yeah, because they were on a bridge, and the the one of the guys like super believes in supernatural stuff. The other guy super doesn't, and that guy was on the bridge going, "Goat man, I'm on your bridge. Come and get me off, goat man." <laughs> Which, when you think about it, the three Billy Goats gruff, they were on top of the bridge, whereas the troll was underneath it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I kn- I used to know that entire poem. So they list one more associated quote-unquote goat man and i don't want to include this one as a goat man but i'm gonna list it it is the proctor valley monster okay my issue with the proctor valley monster is that it is said to be a seven foot tall deranged cow that's mm, that's challenging (laughs) well it's more the fact that you know i'll give sheep a slide close enough cow no yeah, no, no cow man. No, that's not that's not goat. No, it's not. That is not the same. That is oh, not hey. the same. So you know the whole one story about you know couple out in a locked car and the boyfriend goes for help but the girl's still in the car and then she hears scratching on the roof and in the morning she find out it's her boyfriend's body. Yes, that urban legend. Also, uh, they attribute that story to the Proctor Valley monster as well. Oh. That's neat. But I, again, don't, I don't count Proctor Valley Monster because cow is not goat. No, that's not the same. <laughs> that's not that. They're just like, oh, it's bipedal animal. It's the same. It's not Bipedal the animal same. with horns, therefore goat man. Yeah, therefore is goat. It's just goat with boob on, on, on body. Goat with big, big cow boob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Okay. That's the last right. one. Uh, well, it's not the last one. I got a lot I could go over, but uh Right. I think well, I think that's a good maybe that's not No, you know what? Hold on. I don't want the goat man to be the last one we do cuz the goat man sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this one's not necessarily my favorite, but it's really scary and I only recently found out about it. The slide rock bolter. You and I were talking about this one a little bit before we started recording. Yeah. So the Slide Rock Bolter was a creature that lumberjacks in North America during the 19th and early 20th century were actually, like, terrified of. And it's believed to be more of a cautionary tale about people who used to live around and on and work around and on mountains. Because the Slide Rock Bolter is a giant, almost whale, 
that would hook on to the tops of mountains with its tail. And then when you walked in front of its path or rode a horse or whatever, when a, a, a living creature passed in front of its, its path, it would release its tail from the top of the mountain and slide down the mountain at breakneck speed, devouring anything in its path whole. So a lot of people believe that the bolter was meant to kind of be a cautionary tale for mudslides and rock slides. The description of it is it only lives on the steepest mountain where the slopes are greater than 45 degrees. It, it has an immense head with small eyes and a mouth somewhat on the what? Order of what? a sculpin. Yeah, on the order of a sculpin? What the as fuck in, does that mean? Essentially saying the mouth is very similar to that of a sculpin. Okay. What's a sculpin? The fish. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I, appreci- I appreciate you. Uh, running beyond its ears. The tail consists of a divided flipper with enormous grab hooks, which it fastens over the crest of the mountain or the ridge, often remaining the, there motionless for days at a time, watching the gulch of Taurus or uh, any other hapless creature that may enter it. In the right moment, after sighting a Taurus, so it specifically was meant to, was said to feed on Taurus. Well, because they wouldn't be aware of these stories. They wouldn't know what to look out for. Right. It will lift its tail, thus loosening its hold on the mountain, and with its small eyes riveted on the poor, unfortunate, and drooling, thin-skid, what, huh? Essentially, it, it... drooled grease from its mouth to make it go faster okay the the sentence structure of this wiki are are goofing me up Uh but yeah basically it's this (laughs) giant fish that hooks onto a mountain and when tourists walked in front of it it would unhook its tail and slide at an unbelievable speed uh and devour them whole so basically it was a cautionary tale to scare tourists into keeping an eye on the mountainsides where there were steep cliffs in case they saw rock slides coming. So I just think that's really cool, like that they that there was a creature invented as a be careful of the mountains, keep your eye on those mountains so that you can see if there's any dangers to watch for actual dangers, but they used a monster to do so. I really like that. Mm-hmm. Now the story that it also contains here, which I have no idea whether it's true or not. I did a search on this town and couldn't find any indication mm-hmm. of this actually happening. But it didn't search that long, I will admit. The story goes, a forest ranger whose district includes the rough county between Ophir Peaks and Lizard Head conceived of a bold idea of decoying, decoying a slide rock bolter to its own destruction. A dummy tourist was rigged up with plaid Norfolk jacket, knee breeches, and a guidebook to Colorado. <laughs> it was then filled full of powder and fulminate caps and posted in a conspic- conspicuous place where, sure enough, the next day it attracted the attention of a bolter, which had been hanging for days on the slope of Lizard Head. The resulting explosion flattened half the buildings in Rico, which were never rebuilt. <laughs> I want that to be true. Because that is insanity and very you've seen tremors right Mm -hmm. that has big tremors energy Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna blow the monster up we're gonna create a decoy (laughs) and we're gonna blow it to fucking pieces see i'd been wondering how it got to the top of mountains like it made no sense to me this thing that relied solely on gravity to get down the mountain how to get up uh well apparently it just with its grease and speed coming down the mountain it would just zoop right back up Oh, it would just turn and use the momentum? No, uh, it would go up the, the side of the mountain next to it. Oh, so it just kind of back and forthed it? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Okay, interesting, because the alternative was that it slowly drags itself back up by its <laughs> tail, and actually that's kind of more scary. It's also amusing to think. It is, yes. But, like, you look and you just see this giant thing slowly dragging itself mm-hmm. back up to the... I, I, no, no, no. See, it's like, many a draw through spruce-covered slopes has been laid low, the trees being knocked out by the roots or mowed off as by a scythe where the bolter has crashed down through from the peaks above. 
Yeah, yeah it's, it's just, just warning you about rock slides. <laughs> yeah, it's just rock slides. <laughs> but they used it a monster yeah. to scare people. And that's mm-hmm. that's a very cool tactic. And it ended up becoming a because yeah, like there's the, there's drawings. There there is a drawing of the bolter from nineteen ten. So like early twentieth century. Mm. They were still using this as a cautionary tale, and I I think that's fascinating. But we'll 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 end there. Uh, we we talked a, a a lot about some really good cryptids and one really shitty cryptid. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, goat man, you piece of shit. <laughs> no, don't say that because then he might fuck you. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Well, that's okay. <laughs> uh, I'd like to thank Nolan Die for the use of our theme song, Gynaski, by his band Sad Gravity. I'm using the outro is my pull cord. <laughs> eject! Eject! <laughs> you can find them as well as his other band, Best Sleep, on Spotify. Thank you, Azriel Jones, our social media manager. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter by searching Passionately Interested. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends, please. Don't start them on this one, maybe. This one was weird. We both, we will admit that. We are all, listen, listen, you got here. You know it was weird. It was, it was still good. I hope. I hope you think it was still, but it was weird. Okay. If you're at, if you're here, you liked it. You knew what was up. You know what you're getting into. Don't start them on this one. (laughs) Start them on one of the other ones. Softball, softball pitch. Or put them on this one and really just give them the full fucking passionately interested experience. <laughs> Maybe that's the best way to do it. Rip it off like a band-aid. Just pow. You know, Send them this one. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. I'm Curtis. And I'm Nick. Did you know that cryptids have actually been separated into 10 distinct classifications to aid in distinguishing them from one another? Thanks for listening.